This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 51, 41. We are ending that chapter and uh, we're dealing with the uh, seven years of famine beginning, just as Joseph has said. And in fact, that's what it says in verse 53. It says, then seven years of plenty, which were in the land of Egypt, ended. And oftentimes in times of plenty, we as a people, we as, we as just uh, human beings, we do not look to see for the future or have expectations for the future. Now, quite obviously, Jesus spoke against those who lived their life in such a way that they hoarded things to themselves and didn't look on others' needs as something that would be important to them, and they just built bigger barns and and hoarded more and more money to themselves. And obviously, that is a part of our, our makeup as human beings, that we will do that. Those who seek wealth and love going after wealth, oftentimes in their lives, will, uh, want more and more of it because it just becomes an addiction to them. And that is absolutely something that is easily seen and easily understood in the culture and the world we live in, especially in our culture, which is the wealthiest culture to ever exist on the face of the earth. And so you just keep trying to pile up wealth as much as you can. And what is it? That's the old, um, Old joke, what does a millionaire want most in the world? Another million dollars. What does a billionaire want most in the world? Another billion dollars. And that is an issue and that is a problem. That being said, the opposite of that is is to not take any care or any concern for yourself or your future or any expectation that God's going to bring about a future and making no making no provision for what what is to come oftentimes itself is sinful. It's, it doesn't come from trust or faith in God. It comes from laziness. And uh, there, there's a, there is a definitely a balance that has to be, has to be understood in this. And it's a spiritual balance. It's a spiritual understanding that yes, I'm not to place my hope and my trust in my wealth. I'm not to seek wealth over God's will and God's way. That being said, it, God's taking care of me is not an excuse to lay at home and do nothing. It's not an excuse to to have nothing to do with the world he he made for you, not to interact with it, not to be walking by faith, not to be acting in the world that we live in, not to have any purpose or meaning for your life. That is also sinful. It is also oriented. It's also, it's lazy. It's slothful. And the Bible speaks about that. You've got to have both. And in all actuality, the way the Bible brought about his God's whole plan, the picture of his whole plan for his chosen people, which was a picture of his plan for us, is a story of someone looking out and seeing God's plan for the future and making provision for it, planning for it, having a plan that brings about God's purposes and God's best because God has given us that plan. 
And there's nothing, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you never ever cared or made any concern for the future, if you're, if all you were to do was be focused just on the moment at all times, then Jesus was sinful because Jesus quite clearly in scripture told his disciples that he was going to Jerusalem and that he would, and that he would be arrested handed over to the Gentiles, crucified, and raised, rose, rose again on the third day. See, he was making provision for the future because he knew what God's plan was for his life. That's making provision for the future. He's making a plan for that. He was trying to feed in his disciples and prepare them for the eventuality, meaning, meaning the absolute what was going to happen, the eventuality of God's plan taking place. See, that is what we call biblical hope. And biblical hope is the idea of having an anxious expectation that what God has revealed in his word is true and will come about. And what God's word as it relates to my life and his plan for my life is true and will come about. Now, oftentimes what people do is they grab hold of the promises of God in scripture and they just claim them, but they claim them in such a way that they don't make any application to their life. And that is just a vain hope. I'm just telling you that, okay? I believe in hearing the promises of God. I believe in acting upon the promises of God. I believe that we need to place our faith in the promises of God and then make them applicable, allow God to go from the eternal to the intimate and make them, make them applicable to the life that I'm living and then order my life in such a way that those promises have the fullest meaning, the fullest depth and breadth for me in how I live. Now, what that means is I believe that God is eternal. I believe God that God is personal and that I believe his promises are not just eternal promises. His promises are relevant promises for me in the time and the day I live in. And so if he's made those promises for me, if he's made those promises, not only generally for the church, but as they apply to me and my life personally, as he's made those promises, I'm going to make provision for my life today, tomorrow, and in the future in expectation of those promises to be true, to be yes and amen. And that is a true walk of faith. Jesus had a walk of faith in which he had the expectation of the plan and the promises of God that they were going to actually take place. And I would say to you that it is important that you do the same likewise, that you walk as Jesus did. And the way Jesus walked was he knew that God had a purpose for him. He knew that God's plan for him was sure and true, and he spent his days acting and applying those promises and that truth and that future for who he was. That's what he did his all the time with his life. That was the importance of who he was. And obviously, when God gave Pharaoh this vision, it was a personal vision about what was going to happen to Pharaoh and what was going to happen to Pharaoh and what he was over, meaning Egypt. And he needed to make provision for the plan that God had obviously revealed to him and that he recognized came from God. He needed to make that plan and he needed to, he needed to focus on making that plan happen. It says the seven years of plenty they were, that were in the land of Egypt ended and the seven years of famine began to come. And Joseph, as Joseph had said, and the famine was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. Notice 
The Bible says that the famine spread out farther than Egypt. It wasn't just a localized famine. It was a famine that it spread out throughout the northern Africa, spread out through the Arabian Peninsula, uh, likely spread out through southern Europe, and maybe even farther than that. We don't know how far that was. We don't know how far the famine took place, but it took place far enough that you would have to try travel for days and weeks and months and even years to get to Egypt to get the food, and you'd probably die in the process. So it definitely was a famine that had an impact on the world, the whole world, that they knew and that they understood. And they had made provision for that. So many times, if we never, ever made provision for what God had planned to do, we'd never build churches, we'd never preach the gospel, we would never we would never save any money in our bank accounts. We would never put aside things for things that are definitely going to come. You would be wrong to set aside some money for Christmas coming up because who knows whether Christmas is going to be here and you just have to trust God. He's going to prepare, going to take care of you at Christmas down the road and then your kids don't have Christmas. I'm just being real with you. That's just the flat, logical end to not making preparation with your life. And your life needs to have preparation for the promises of God's fulfillment in your life. You need to set your life and order your in a way that it aligns with biblical promises and their application personally to the life that I'm living. You've got to do that. And, the, and that is true hope. It's an anxious, easy for me to say, anxious expectation of what God is said and will do in your life. That's what true biblical hope is and what it is. It's expectant faith. That's what it is. It's an expectant faith. It's a belief that God is true, that what he has to say is relevant, and that I am going to expect that it happens. He says, he says in verse 55, so when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph, whatever he says to you, do. Notice, Joseph gave the word of God. Joseph was the source of that revelation. Jo Joseph was the source of that truth. And when that truth came about, Joseph was the one who everybody turned to. Now, let me say this. If you're a person who has an expectancy of God, if you're a person who knows God's promises and truth, if you're a person who acts upon those promises and truth and allows God to be fully, completely at work in your life because you are willing to open your life up to him through faith, if you're that type of person, what's God's gonna, what is God going to do? He is going to make that light of faith shine forth in the world, and people are going to come looking for that. They're going to come expecting God to move because they see God moving in you. And that faith becomes contagious. And that faith becomes begins to spread. And that faith begins to change people around you because expectant faith, hope, is attractive. It is. It's attractive. And God's people oftentimes are highly unattractive. And the reason they're highly unattractive is they're either focused on the misery of the moment. And if you want to focus on the misery of the moment, there's plenty of misery to be focused on. Okay. They're focused on the misery of the moment. They're focused on their own personal legalism and justification of themselves by their own private law that they come from, brought from scripture. Or, let me listen to me, or they're people who have, are facing immediate sorrow and struggle and they need somebody to love on them and help them through the moment, 
or listen to me, or there are people that really don't believe God's word. They really don't. And they don't, they don't believe God's word to be true. And that's, uh, that's whole denominations totally reject God's word, totally reject what God has to say. His full revelation of his word in scripture, they reject it. And then they wonder why there's no power. They wonder why there's no joy. They wonder why there's no hope. And I'm going to tell you that wondering about those things is a problem. It's a real problem. And it causes churches and people and individuals not to have God's very best. It causes the name and the message of Jesus Christ to be snowed under and to be hampered and to be closed off. And people don't see it because God's people are unwilling to know God's promises are unwilling to make application of those promises to their personal life. They're unwilling to do that. And then they're unwilling to live it out in society because of something either inside of themselves, something that they struggle with, something that the enemies held them back with, some condemnation that they're walking in, or some desire to conform to the the ways the world is. And then we've got to act a certain way because this is the way the world expects us to act. And then they miss out on God's promises for their life, and they miss out on being placed in a position where God's light and God's hope is available to them. That happens all the time. And let me tell you something. If that's happening to you, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's not God's fault. God has given you the promises to trust in. He's given you the ability to trust in them. And then he's given you application to your personal life in myriads of ways for you to learn how to trust in those things and your unwillingness to do so has put you in a position where you are you act as one who has no hope um that's one of those passages that is so powerful especially when you're facing death or facing the loss of a loved one that's one of those passages i've had to face recently because i've lost an important loved one in my life and uh, death, as you get older, is becomes more and more stark and more and more real to you. And we do not mourn as one who has no hope. Mourning is a longing, a desire to continue to have those whom you've lost. And it is a loss. But we don't mourn as those ones who have no hope. Because we do have hope. And what is hope? Hope is an anxious expectation of God doing what he says he will do. It's an anxious expectation of the promises of God. And Pharaoh believed in God. Pharaoh believed God. When Joseph said, this is the message from God, this dream you had is from God, this is what God has to say, he said, that sounds right. Sounds like God was telling me something. And you know what? Then Joseph said, you know what? We need to have somebody in charge of this so that we can save up, so we can make preparation for God's revelation. Did you see that? He says, we need somebody to save and to store food so when the famine comes, We'll be ready. That's that's preparation for God's revelation. That's preparation and expectation for what God is going to do. And that's what he did. He says, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph. Whatever he says to you, do. The famine was all over the face of the earth. And Joseph, notice, it's a wide-ranging famine. And he said, the famine was all over the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. Notice, he's selling that grain that was stored up that Pharaoh had. He is selling it to them because he's got it, 
and he is making his master wealthier and wealthier. He is making Pharaoh more more and more powerful. You know why Pharaoh is more and more powerful? Because he heard God's revelation and believed it. That's fact. That's what happened here. He make he is making Pharaoh very powerful because Pharaoh was willing to believe God. And let me tell you something. Every believer that's willing to believe God in his application of his promises to their lives, every believer that's willing to do that, God, well, he makes you powerful. And you go, I'm not always powerful. Powerful in faith. That's all that really you need to be powerful in faith. Everything else comes from that. Everything else that you need comes from that. So you need to be powerful in your faith first. You need to be powerful in your faith immediately. You need to be powerful in your faith in the moment. It says, so all the countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. Notice, he's not only selling to the Egyptians, he's selling to the whole world. And the whole world, what is a bar of gold when you're starving? It's worthless. And so the whole world is making Pharaoh rich and wealthy and powerful because the famine was severe in all the lands. You know what? There's a truth that is that I have found, and it is real each and every day. And that truth is this. What God says is true, and what everybody else says is not. What God says to me, I count on 100%. What other people say to me, I determine whether or not that came from God or not. Just the way it is. And when I hear somebody that I hear speaking truth and life and hope, and uh, things maybe from God's word that I didn't see from that perspective ever before, boy, I listen in because I want to see God from all the unique and powerful ways you can see him. He is an enormous God. He is a God of deep and abiding truth. And I want to see everything I can see about my God so I can make application to my personal life each and every day that comes from the enormity of his truth and the power of his truth. And I want to always be sucking and intaking as much of that truth as I can. I'm talking about step up to the big gulp and just swallow as much of God's truth as I can get into my uh, feeble brain. Just take it and just load it like nothing you've ever seen. And allow God to make application in every possible way, in every moment. Allow him to tell me when to speak and not to speak. Allow his spirit to guide and to lead in every situation, in every moment, and have an anxious expectation that, that the things he's telling me to do, which are clearly seen, can be clearly seen to be preparation for the things that are coming down the road, that I not only believe what he's telling me today, but I, I expect the things that are coming down the road to be true, because I can clearly see that God's making preparation for those things. And this was something that was going to be terrible. There was going to be a famine in the land, and God said, make preparation for it. And they were, and it made them who they were. It made Pharaoh who he was, and it made Joseph who he was. And and ultimately, God's very best was worked out in their life because they believed on what God said. And so I see God at work in the place that I'm at, and I get to see God at work among the people that I'm around, and I see new and more powerful and unbelievable leaders coming in and making preparation to see mighty things happen in the kingdom of God in the place that I'm at. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that there's a mighty move of God about to take place. At least it's going to take place where I'm at. And so I'm going to believe and expect to see that come about 
in the world that we're in today and in the place that I'm at today. And I hope most of the people that watch this in the morning times when it's a live broadcast or the people from Lake Community Church, I would pray that you would be in that expectancy, that you'd look around and see all the people, not the things that are being done, but all the people that God is assembling, the leaders and the servants that are powerful in word and deed, that he's assembling together to build his kingdom. And it's not just one man or two men or a group of people, but boy, it's a mighty army for his kingdom. And being expectant, that is going to take place because God wouldn't bring them together He wouldn't have told Pharaoh that there was a famine coming unless it was coming. And he wouldn't have told us that he was making preparation for big movement of his people and and his kingdom unless he was going to do it. And so I pray that you'll be expectant of that. I pray that you'll have great hope, that you'll walk by faith, and that faith will bring about a mighty hope in you, an anxious expectation of his promises to be true. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.